Thank you very much. And I want to express my thanks to BMS for the invitation to be with you here. I like mission conferences, so I am enjoying this one. And uh, I'm thankful that CMS, uh, that BMS, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> BMS uh, went to work in Peru. And it has been a joy to meet with some who have been there uh, as missionaries and in other parts also of Latin America. Um, there was a great missionary conference in Edinburgh in 1910. You know, Protestants decided to uh, study what they had been doing in missions because until the middle of the 18th century, the only people who did missions were the Roman Catholic orders. Protestants started uh, uh, at the middle of the uh, 18th century. And uh, in this conference in Edinburgh, uh, there was a, a very interesting study of what was going on and what had been achieved. But they decided that uh, Latin America uh, should be left out of the picture because they decided, the, the, the mind was, that uh, mission was going from Christian countries to non-Christian territories. And consequently, Latin America was already Christian because it was Catholic, and uh, Eastern Europe was already Christian because it was Orthodox. So no, no people were invited from either Eastern Europe or Latin America. Uh, and that was uh, something that we Latin Americans will not forget. <laughs> I thought about it uh, last year as I participated in a mission conference in Malaga, in the south of, uh, of Spain. It was organized by a friend of mine who uh, is in a partnership with the church in Maswell Hill here in, in London. And uh, he is a Peruvian who went first as a missionary to Spain and then came to the United Kingdom. Uh, this conference in the south of Spain was attended by 102 Latin American missionaries who are working in European countries. And after Malaga, I had to cross uh, Spain uh, towards the west, and uh, I went to Seville. And I uh, went to teach a course that was organized by Irismenio Ribeiro, who is a Brazilian missionary in Seville. And we met in a church that was pastored by Stella Maris Merlo, who is an Argentinian missionary who went to work in Spain. And uh, we were served the food by, a, by Gladys, a Salvadorian immigrant who is also a volunteer in, in that church. Uh, so in Edinburgh, they decided that uh, no missionaries should be sent to Latin America, and we have now uh, um, a little... Uh, after a century, Latin Americans coming 
as missionaries, and I mean Protestant Latin Americans coming as missionaries to, to Europe. That this is the change that has taken place in missions. So uh, a couple of months ago, I attended a conference. Uh, I, I, you see, I like conferences. Uh, I attended a conference in Panama because we were celebrating the centennial of a congress about missionary work in Latin America uh, that was uh, organized by American evangelicals who were not happy with the Edinburgh decision. And they organized the Committee of Cooperation in Latin America. And we were celebrating uh, a century of that. And in that conference, uh, one very important element that came was the idea that today, mission is polycentric. Uh, it's not anymore going from one center to other parts of the world, but there are centers everywhere. Uh, and um, we have now missionaries from territories that used to be mission territories and uh, are now places like Korea, Brazil, India, uh, sending missionaries to other uh, parts. So at this point in history, uh, mission is polycentric. And uh, uh, there have been important changes along the way. For instance, uh, in Spain, Spain is now like a laboratory uh, to learn about mission. Uh, we have Latin American missionaries, but they are missionaries, as I say, from below. They don't come from a rich nation. They don't come from uh, a you know, technically superior uh, civilization. Uh, they actually work from uh, below, from below. Missionary in the past used to be from above. That's from Europe or from North America. Uh, today, in many cases, it is mission from below. And I am considering as mission not only what people that are committed to do missionary work do, but to what many of the immigrants who have come to Europe because of economic needs or uh, as political refugees are uh, contributing to the life of churches in Europe in a significant way. I just heard a story yesterday about a missionary who was in Italy and a group of Peruvians went there. And, you know, they, they became very important in the missionary task in Italy at that point. New kinds of partnerships also. Uh, so th that is what is happening in, in the world of mission. And I tend, to, as I look at history, I tend to, to be thankful to God that we can see that actually uh, the command of Jesus to go to all the world, beginning in Jerusalem and uh, going to the ends of the world, uh, has, has become a reality today. And we are witnessing to that reality. Uh, if you consider the 20th century, most of my life I have lived in the 20th century, it's one of the worst centuries in terms of human history. You had two world wars. You had the Holocaust. 
you have all kinds of catastrophic elements from a historical perspective. At the same time, you know, it's the time where the gospel has been preached and has gone to the ends of the earth and we can see the fruits now. Sometimes, of course, when thinking of figures, like we were told this morning, we have to, to learn how to handle figures. But the fact is that there are millions of people that continue to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ and to believe in him. And we should rejoice on that fact. That happens in spite of what goes on in history. I have been helpful by, to understand this and just think of what we will do uh, by reading the epistle to the Romans uh, as a missionary document. As a good evangelical, you know, I know about Luther and Calvin, and I know that uh, the, the epistle to the Romans was very important in the conversion of Luther, and that he, he, for an evangelical it's very important to know the theology that is in the book of Romans. But people tend to forget that the book of Romans, the epistle to the Romans, is actually a missionary document written by a missionary who has a missionary plan and wants the church in Rome to help him in his missionary effort. At the beginning of uh, the letter, we find this in Romans chapter 1. Uh, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. So, in writing this letter, the intention of Paul is to write to the Romans because he wants to visit them, and he says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's at the beginning of the epistle. And then when we come to the end, uh, on chapter 15, again he comes back with with the history. You know, missionaries are insistent in their missionary letters. You know that. (laughs) So, here is... But now, uh, says Paul, this is uh, Romans 15, 23, but now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. So the the intention is he wants to engage the Romans in this trip that he has now in mind going to Spain. In Tarragona in Spain, there is a monument to Paul because there there are some scholars that say that Paul reached Spain. Uh, They are a minority. (laughs) But still, you know, there is this monument to St. Paul in Tarragona. Uh, We don't know for sure if he reached Spain, 
But definitely, he had in mind going to Spain. Spain was at that point the, the western end of the Roman Empire. And Paul says, when he says that he wants to go to Spain, he says, this is Romans 16, 17, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. This is a very difficult verse to interpret. What did he mean? How did he see his task? I have fully proclaimed. And, and he's referring to this area from Jerusalem to Illyricum, which would be the eastern half of the empire. He has done his work there, he says. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, I intend, I intend to go to, to see you. But it will not be to stay with you, but it will be one step in, my, in going to my next field. Uh, that was the practice of Paul. And with the uh, development of uh, mission today, we find that uh, the principles of the work of Paul are still uh, principles that have to be applied. For Paul, uh, in his own movements, it is the Holy Spirit who is at work. He, he does what he does because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the, the one who uh, puts the initiative in the heart of those that want to go as missionaries. Uh, we believe that. The Holy Spirit is the main actor as uh, um, a, a British theologian has said. Uh, the main actor in the uh, missionary enterprise. Uh, but Paul feels now that one stage of that work has come to an end. And so he wants to start something new, go somewhere else. Uh, BMS has done this. I'm glad that they decided that their work was accomplished in Brazil. And they sent then missionaries to my country, to Peru. And I had the privilege of meeting some of them. This is the type of decision that Paul faced and that today missionaries face. And in view of the reality of mission today, we have to take into consideration uh, uh, the developments that have taken place up to this point to see if we have to enter in a new stage. Uh, his, vision, his vision is Spain. He's eager to go there. As a practice, he always has a church as a base. First, it was Antioch. So he would leave Antioch, go on his first trip, come back to Antioch, 
Antioch was a point of reference. Then it was probably Ephesus. Now he hopes it will be Rome. But uh, in the chapter 16 uh, of Romans, what can we learn from a long list of greetings? You know, chapter 16, if you look with attention, is a long list of greetings. Uh, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. And he goes on with greetings to this and greetings to that. Now, there's an interesting thing as you observe the greetings. Five times he mentions a house. There is a house church. So if we read this chapter, we find that there were five house churches in Rome. And if we pay attention to the names to which he sends greetings, some are Jews and some are Romans. So these house churches may have been, some of them uh, Jewish, some of them Roman, and some of them mixed. Uh, Today, if you think of Spain, if you think of evangelical work has grown and developed in Spain, and there are Spanish churches, but there are also Ecuadorian churches, Colombian churches, Peruvian churches. I even found uh, last year, as I visited Mallorca, in Spain we, we relate Mallorca to British visitors and German visitors, but I found that there was a church, a Quechua-speaking church. Quechua is the Indian language in Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador. And there is a Quechua-speaking church in Mallorca, <laughs> of all places. That's, that's the reality. But I think, uh, and, and uh, Paul Minear, as he interprets this uh, chapter about the greetings and the house churches, uh, he believes that Paul wanted a united church in Rome to send him as a missionary. Uh, Mission comes out of communion, out of fellowship. And he wanted these groups to accept one another, to receive one another, to uh, experience the reality of being uh, a a family, the family of God in Rome. Uh, and, And one of the intentions then of the letter is pastoral, is to help this church to get uh, that, that uh, uh, communion and that fellowship. And uh, he hopes that will help him. Uh, so, Paul's uh, practice is still a practice that has lessons for us at this new stage in mission. Uh, we, we have to think of uh, new areas that have to, to be reached, and also of new ways of doing things. Let me give you an example. In Spain, uh, when you go to statistics now, uh, the larger evangelical group, so to say, is the gypsy churches, Philadelphia. No missionaries were involved in the beginning of this church. These are 
Spanish gypsies that went to work in uh, France, there was a revival among gypsies in France, and there was a contagious experience, and so these gypsies came back to Spain, and in a spontaneous way, they started to witness. And God has blessed them tremendously because they are now the most numerous Protestant <laughs> work. And what so sociologists are paying attention to that fact. But one of the things that they say is that they haven't stopped being gypsies. In other words, becoming Protestants have not made them less gypsies. And when we talk of music, it's gypsy music <laughs> that in their churches and in their uh, style, uh, it's, it's a narrative style. Now, the great problem they have is the training of, of pastors. And I have learned the lesson there because we want to help them. And uh, uh, we have a Bible school in Valencia and I teach there. And uh, I had to unlearn my teaching style because gypsies don't go as others, you know, by, by the traditional academic way. Uh, the Lord is, is acting in the world. He is acting through missionaries, but also he is acting in other ways. We have to be ready to acknowledge his hand in this time of polycentric mission. And to remember that Paul continues to be an example of how, you go, how do you go about the mission of God. Thank you.